You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Comic Life. My name is Jeff. And my name is Sam. And we want to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Sam, we got a big show, so I need you to be real quick, but what was going on with you this week? Oh, man. I just kinda, or since the last time we spoke. Uh, there were some murky waters at work, and I was a little bit nervous and having a few stress-induced panic attacks, but I got over that, you know, and just spent the weekend just sleeping and drinking and <laughs> shutting out life's problems, and man, yeah, <laughs> whoever says alcohol can't solve life's problems hasn't been on a two-day bender before. Yeah, but typically that third day is gonna suck. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Thursday, like, or that, that third day, uh, my equilibrium was thrown so out of focus thanks to all the alcohol I drank, I couldn't. I remember like roll out of bed. I remember uh, thinking when when I was younger and like I would get really hammered on the weekend, and then Monday would come around. I actually looked forward to Monday because. I kind of looked at that as like, this is the reset button, is I'm going back into my weekly routine. And so Monday always kind of snapped me out of it. And in some ways, it still does. Yeah. yeah. The, the one thing, though, is that like, I could drink really like hardcore from like Friday night into Saturday morning, get like six hours of sleep, my wake up Saturday and be fine. And I realized in my late 20s, I'm still trying to, like, reclaim that drinking lifestyle, but my body isn't allowing me to do that. Right, right. Like, like it takes me about, like, a day and a half to two days now to get over, like, a hangover as opposed to, yeah. like, eight hours, man, and I'd be yeah. good to go again. Yeah, just some greasy food, and then you're ready for, the, you know, night yeah, two. Yeah, I, I mean, like, like, it, like alcohol really screws with my head. It's called getting old, Sam. I'm not getting old. It's I can, happening I can to still us. party with the best of them. Yeah, right. Okay, I made I made a promise to myself this weekend or uh, this past week. I'm gonna try to do way better about being on Twitter. You don't even like to be on Twitter. No, it's not that I don't like. I just never got in the habit of it. Is Twitter was something I joined really late in the ball game. Ball game. So when it came to my social media habits, I had already developed them, and I didn't. And Twitter was not part of that. So I'm going to try to be better about Twitter. You can follow me. On Twitter at NWR Jeff. You can find My Comic Life on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash My Comic Life podcast. Or you can just search for us in the search bar on Facebook for My Comic Life. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Sam T. Ballard. That is Sam T. Ballard. You can follow me on Twitter there. That is my Twitter handle. That sounded like it was going over like the PA system <laughs> at a train station. That's That's just what popped in my head. You're like... You're like, and you can follow you can follow Sam at you know uh, uh, Sam Ballard. Please report to the ticket desk. Yeah. Sam Ballard, please report to the ticket desk. <laughs> All right, we got to get into uh, the uh, the actual show part of the show. Lots of stuff going on. I want to start off with Deadpool. Jim, it, I gotta admit, you you're becoming like the resident Deadhead around here. Like I used to be like the biggest Deadpool fan, but man, like you came up to you like, oh hey. I I'm this, telling. I got this cool new Deadpool series I want to talk about. I was like, man, I haven't even heard of this yet. Well, I'm I'm telling you, man, is is I'm just I'm just so in love with what Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan are doing with Deadpool, and I just I'm just I just love it. So okay, we all, so so I've been I've been really following. Uh, we fo- all we all love the Merc with a mouth. That is true. Anyways, coming up 
in July. Now, I want to point out that uh, that this uh, Deadpool series that um, we're about to talk about is actually not written by Posehn and Duggan. This is actually written by another uh, writer. Uh, Sam, I'm going to really fuck up his last name. It's Dwayne Swarinski. Here, I'm going to let you look at it. It's that one in red that looks like a hyperlink. Dwayne Swarnski. Swarnski? Swarnski. 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 No, there's no N in there. Why are you saying Swarnski? (laughs) Swarnski. Swarnski. Okay. We're going to call him Dwayne. Dwayne. Yes, Dwayne. Anyways, uh, writer Dwayne is writing a four-part, a four-issue miniseries, which is Deadpool vs. X-Force. And the theme of the miniseries. Now, are we talking current X Force or are, are we talking classic X Force? No, no, the, this is this is clack, clacking. <laughs> classic X Force. The uh, original lineup is the tagline for the series, or I guess you could say the little summary is uh, they find X Force, including Cable, finds themselves having to travel back in time and uh, in a desperate attempt to prevent Deadpool from unraveling the very fabric of American history. This is kind of <laughs> this has kind of been a theme that uh I find this interesting because this is this was a theme in the first series of Deadpool uh comics that Posehn and Duggan did is in, in the, the in the Marvel Now kind of verse. Right. Uh the series that got me hooked is the the first graphic novel of it that I read that got me hooked. It was all about dead presidents coming back to to life, and I just kind of find it interesting that Deadpool is seeming to have all all this play with American history from multiple writers. But um, oh, fuck, I've totally I don't know where I was going with that, but Sam, I totally lost my train of so thought. So you're gonna tell me that like Deadpool is Deadpool fighting like the current iteration or, is, or is it, like no, the, no 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 uh, he he is fighting the original lineup. So uh, like Cable, Domino, uh, Shatterstar, Siren, Feral, Sunspot, all those people are gonna be making from, comebacks. From from what from what this article is saying is it sounds like the it's the original lineup of the X Force. Oh For, Richter, what a what a now what an interesting superpower he has. He can cause earthquakes. Really? Yeah, that's Richter. Get it, Richter scale. Oh yeah, that's that's his, that, that's his team name. Please don't tell me like when he's like his alter ego and like plain clothes. His name's Rick. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think okay. his name's Rick. Okay, <laughs> Rick Richter. Yeah, like <laughs> I could just see someone being like, "Fuck, dude, I'm having writer's block." R- his name's Richter. Yeah, we'll call him Rick. Hi, I'm Rick Richter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who may not know. The X Force is kind of, I guess you would say, a spinoff of the X Men. They're more of like the militaristic arm of right. the X Men. Like, like they're more really like, darker. We're not afraid to kill people. Yeah, the X Men yeah. were kind of like, oh, well, let's try to talk it out. The X Force is just like, nope, we're gonna ram down your door and shoot you, shoot some more, and then when everybody's dead, try to ask a question. Yeah, that was more of the X Force. So model. they're gonna fit in real great with Daredevil, and you know his kind of dark. You mean Deadpool? That what? You know, I was already thinking about what I was trying to segue. You're jumping. You're jumping. I'm jumping. I'm jumping. You're jumping you're way abso- too ahead here, man. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. This is what happens when I over-prepare is now I'm trying to think of how to get to everything. But so, yeah. So if you so basically, if you were wondering, yes, they kind of have a little something to do with the X-Men in the fact that, you know, they're a little spinoff, but just imagine X-Men darker. Speaking of X-Men, 
they are trying to make an X-Men TV show. Now, are we talking animated like our childhood no, 90s cartoons Fox. or are we going live the, the, action? This is live action and it's, and it's trying to be oh, done by Fox. I'm kind of worried. Fox tried to launch like uh, an X-Force TV series back in the 90s and you can YouTube this. They did a uh, a made for TV movie that is like so awful it's good like I've seen it like three or four times on YouTube. Like so bad it's good. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like Mystery Science Theater three thousand or like Riff Track guys can make fun of it. Like, uh, like, like it's that type of bad. Oh no. But I mean, granted, this was nineties technology. You know, nineties special effects. So I'm willing. Like like I'd be I'd be pumped to see a live action X Men show. Right. And on they, the air, but it, it has to be done right. It has well, to be and, treated right. And that's and that's the issue that they're running into is is it does need to be done right. And they are running into an issue that. ABC didn't run into with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that is, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're just people. They're the agents. And the X-Men show would be mutants, superheroes. And so certain superhero powers can only be done by CG. So they they need to go back and look at the Smallville model then because Smallville ran for 10 seasons on the CW, portraying most of Superman's powers over those 10 seasons. But, but they were only really focusing on Superman's powers. Is is X Men? You know, this is a whole bunch of people. Freezing breath. I mean, like you can do an effects laden show like this on a budget and make it believable. Is all I'm saying. Okay, so how are you going to do Storm? Lightning effects, wind. But but do but but, a couple of wind machines turned on. Okay, you can do that. Look, man. I hate to burst your bubble, but when I think of CW shows, I'm not thinking of the highest quality of shows. You know, is I'm thinking, I'm thinking. CW has wonderful shows. You shut your dirty just, whore mouth. I'm sir. just saying though, but they're not as production. They're not as clean. Well, then go to Sci-Fi Channel. Sci-Fi has produced some really awesome shows on a on a shoestring budget with visual effects. Oh yeah, you're gonna tell me, you know, the special effects for Sharknado were off the wall amazing. Battlestar Galactica, Warehouse 13. You want to start going down this road with me? There's there's some things as and I'm Eureka. I'm saying this as Eureka and as a Warehouse 13 fan. Yes, there were certain times where the effects you were like, eh. I will I will say okay, you got me on Battlestar, you got me on BSG. Those ships look real. They look like they're actually flying through space. Right, but but once again though is it's not a superpower. I and, get it. And and also is is you know X Men. Has a huge cast. That's going to have a huge cast, and you have so many different. Not even if you if you approach the story the right way of like Professor X like founding the school and finding like the first five X Men. The only people you're going to have to deal with are Beast, Iceman, Archangel, Jean Grey, and Cyclops. That's it. Well, super strength, but, but it... levitation, laser eyes, <clears throat> ice, and bird wings. I'm just saying is they the article that I'm reading has not said exactly like what incarnation of X-Men it's going to be. So, you know, they may be pitching the show and trying to develop this show and it may be in present time where it's a fully functioning, you know, kind of like what we saw in uh, the X-Men movies. You know, it's a fully functioning university. I don't know. I haven't read stories saying exactly what part or what um in uh what's the word uh screw it like what type of uh what part in their history they're going for present day or or past 
So it could, it has potential. And you don't, you know, you don't want to do something on a major network that has shitty graphics. And good graphics cost a lot of money. And so it's kind of a financial situation that they're in. I think that you can pull it off if it's done right. And I, th- I think I you think can, you do can it on too. A, on a limited budget as well. I think you can too. I mean, because. Because you know, because you're going to run into this issue with any superhero show that you're doing, and this hasn't stopped other people from starting up their own superhero shows. You know, for instance, Netflix—they're doing the Defenders, and the Defenders is who's all in that? That's uh, uh, Daredevil, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Cage, and uh, sorry, not Iron Cage, Iron, <laughs> Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. My bad. There you go, Iron Cage. There you <laughs> that go. Could be a superhero. And you know, and that's, Net- a, that's a lot of different superpowers thrown in, right? There. And Netflix, you know, I'm they're they're going to throw some money behind it. No, but see, because like, you've seen like one of the Netflix, like what I would call effects laden shows with a Hemlock Grove. Do you think with like a budget like that, you get to produce superpowers? I, I wasn't a big. I'm just talking about like I, th- I think like I think the they could transformation yeah. scenes in there and stuff like that. I mean, like, by the was, by the way, did you hear Hemlock Grove got picked up for season two? I did. Like I said, I don't I, think it's that. Great. I watched one episode of season one where this guy's eyeball falls out of his socket and becomes a wolf, and I was like, I I'm good. Yeah, right now. Yeah, you know, but a, but that's also practical effects. You know, uh, or no, I guess that's a combination of practical and CGI. Yeah, but. The point is, Netflix is going to throw money behind it, and I think... Well, also, I think if, if it's a Marvel Studios-produced thing, you're going to have like the, kind of some of that sweet Marvel movie money back in back. You in mean a.k.a. Frame. Disney money back in you? And yeah, a.k.a. Yeah. Like, Disney technology back in you? Yeah, so yeah. then I think like if, you, if you're willing to put that kind of support behind it, then yes, this could work. Right, and because, as you know, it's also it's Netflix and Disney aren't in good terms right now. So, yeah, is I think I don't know how much... Disney or, you know, they would put in when it's on, like, Fox, you know, because Disney has um, has uh, ABC, which has Marvel. So, but anyways, but so Netflix is doing the Defenders. AMC is going to be uh, in in works with uh, Seth Rogen and, and Evan Goldberg. And I'm, and I'm excited about this because I was a big fan of this comic book fer- series. Didn't quite get to the end of it, but like I'm still reading it. It's called Preacher. Now, Preacher, I all all I basically know about Preacher is he is I'm assuming a former preacher that is now killing people. He is a preacher that is possessed by this rogue angel spirit from heaven, and all of heaven is like he's like all all of the angels in heaven are like moving heaven and earth to try to find him. But basically, this guy's got like his one power is that like I could be like Jeff, go rob a bank and bring me all the money, and like I don't want to. You yeah, like you wouldn't be able to say no. Like you uh, would go do it. I'd be like, yes, Sam, you are my master, and I have to do everything. Like, but kinda... basically, yeah, this revolves around a Texan preacher who teams up with his ex girlfriend in a hard Texan. Yes, yes, it's all a Texas damn straight with his with his ex girlfriend and a hard drinking vampire to, to track down God. Why did it? Is the vamp? Did you you said vampire, right? Yeah. So it's a vampire, a man possessed mm. by an, a drunk vampire, a man I possessed know. by an, an angel. No, this was written well before the whole vampire craze came out. Okay, but so 
that that's what I was kind of. So they're not just throwing in the vampire because like fuck it, True Blood was so big. We no, gotta have no. I mean, like this guy, it's like an integral part of this. Story okay, line. so and it was in the and it's in the source material. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. No. So basically, it's, it's them road tripping across America while while heaven and hell is trying to find them. And they're trying to find God. But so are they fighting demons? Yes, they're fighting demons and angels and other evil So that kind of s- also sounds like another comic book getting turned. I, I was, that was a really good segue before I fucked it up and tried to say in a smooth accent, like, hey, that was a really good segue. Constantine is also. Oh, so looking forward to this. Constantine, uh, if you know, real name of the comic book series is Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. Not, not a fan that they're keeping with the name Constantine and not going to the comic book name because, well, I mean, I was not. The a, comic book is called Hellblazer, but it stars John Constantine. Right, but wh- let's face it: when you hear there's a show being called Constantine, the most people are going to think, "Oh, they're turning that god awful Keanu Reeves movie into a." TV series. I really like the concept of Constantine. I'm talking about the movie. Now. It wasn't like the worst movie I, I I'd ever seen. Parts of it were not well executed. I wasn't happy, and once again, not familiar with the source material. I was not happy with how the movie also had this big underlying theme of like, hey, don't smoke, kids. Quit. Don't. Don't don't smoke. John Constantine is a con man turned detective of the occult who defends the earth against dark forces from beyond. It's a it's a whole you know I'm gonna fight demons and evil people. Right, show. and I like that concept. And, oh yeah, I mean, and like, I have to admit is yeah the opening scene in the movie where he's uh, like ripping that demon out of out of that mirror. Right, and then the you know is I enjoyed that part, and then the movie just kept going and going. Uh, another series that's been catching my eye, you know, uh, Fox is developing a series called Gotham. This sounds so great. See, to me, like, this is either going to be really good or really shitty, and I'm kind of nervous about it. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Gotham is going to center around, it's 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 a pre-Batman time in Gotham, and it's going to center around mainly the story of Jim Gordon kind of taking over the Gotham PD and, like, tracking down criminals. To me... Uh, it sounds like Law and Order Gotham, you know, like. It, well, and that's that's kind of essentially, that's kind of essentially what it is. But they're they're still going to have you know the Batman, you know, villains because they're in Gotham. Yeah, I know. I mean, like they they talked about how like the Penguin and like the Freeze might might show up, you know, and, and instead of Batman coming in to save the day, it's going to be Jim Gordon. Yeah, but saving the day. I, I don't get is because what you just said is it's Jim Gordon taking over the Gotham police force. But when Jim Gordon takes over, well, that I guess that's only in the um, well, I guess that's only in the Dark Knight series. Well, I mean, like where uh, Gordon ascends. Well, also with in the in the Batman. comic books, like Batman Year One, like like Frank Miller's Batman Year One. Uh-huh. It starts off with Jim Gordon kind of being a captain on the police force, and, and oh, so very he was corrupt police. He force. was so he was already a hiring. Yeah. See, so so I mean, like this could be him coming on to a corrupt police force, and through like him, that's what capturing I, that's criminals, what I he thought rising up. That's what I thought I had originally read about the series was that it was kind of going to be, you know, is the, okay. let, let's let's just say for sake of argument, you know, you you look at Batman Begins, and. In the beginning of the movie, you see that you know uh, uh, that Christian Bale, he's not in Gotham. He's 
you know, over the world running and running is essentially like this is what's going to be happening during Gotham while he's running before he becomes Batman, while he's on the path of learning. Yeah, the synopsis I have in front of me says the show will follow Gordon's rise through the ranks and also introduce yeah, okay. early pre-supervillain incarnations of Catwoman, Penguin, Riddler, Two-Face, and oh. the Joker. So we might see the Red Hood pop up, pop up a little bit because in certain origin stories, the Joker was first known as the Red Hood. Look at you. Look at you. I know my superhero canon. <laughs> All right. If we're going to talk about Batman, we have to talk about this, Sam. We have to talk about the Batman vs. Superman movie that is coming out I'm nervous. Like I love Man of Steel. Like I've watched it, it was like good. three days in a row. Is, is I got huge fan of this film. Is Thought- I gotta say is the Superman movie. Um, Man of Steel. No, 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 no. The one before it with uh, Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Oh my god! Uh, was it whatever that series of Superman that uh, I was so I hated it. Like I think I only watched that movie. Superman one- Returns is what it's called. That's what I thought it was, but like I was afraid that that was. The sequel to the Christopher Reeves Superman. But I guess that was just Superman 2. Anyways, Superman Returns. The, I think I only watched it once or twice. It was so bad. I don't remember anything of it. And then I put off, I was so turned off by Superman Returns that I put off watching Man of Steel for the longest time. And then I finally watched Man of Steel and I thought it was amazing. thought it was great. Now... What is your concern, Sam? Well, we have Batman versus Superman coming up, which is going to be the follow-up to, to Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was solely going to be focused on Batman, Superman. But DC seems in such a rush to launch its film franchises off the ground. They're throwing so many cameos in here. I hope it's not overload. Well, one cameo that was just recently confirmed by Variety is the character Cyborg, a.k.a. Victor Stone, will be in the Batman vs. Superman movie. They're oh, also putting Wonder Woman in there. This this is basically what I, what I think you and I both came to the same conclusion over the week as we hear these stories coming out that we hear Wonder Woman is going to be in there. Now we're hearing Cyborg is going to be in there. I think you and I, we were talking about it earlier, and I think we both came to the same conclusion that essentially it seems like this Batman versus Superman movie is just trying to lead up to the Justice yeah, League it's movies. Just, it's just a setup vehicle, and I think that they should just focus on Batman, Superman. Right, exactly, because you look at what Marvel did. is When you look at the Iron Man movie, when you look at the Captain America movies, not the Hulk movies, but whatever. But I like the, the second Hulk movie. The one with uh, Edward Norton? Yeah, I thought that was awesome. I know, but you're never going to see it again because of the infighting between Edward Norton and the, and the uh, studio. Actor wanted final but, cut. And also, you know, Thor. Is you look at those movies, and yes, even though all those people are part of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. they and are part of the Avengers, they're... They were given they're, proper they're, origin yeah, stories. Yeah, their movies didn't really have anything to do with the Avengers, didn't really have anything to do with Well, they S.H.I.E.L.D. were all kind of tying into it but, at one but, point. But it wasn't the major theme of the movie. No, but I mean, and at the end they gave you that teaser scene that sort of started tying it, it, it into of the Of course, of course. But it seems like the Superman, uh, Batman vs. Superman movie is just, like you said, is just a platform just to set up the Justice League movie. Why not 
just you know either go the route that Marvel did and you know give all these people who are going to be in the well. I mean, I know they tried to do a Wonder Woman uh, TV show and it failed really bad. But still, is you can attempt to try to do something kind of like what Marvel did and give each person in the Justice League. DC kind of started doing that, you know, because they gave Batman his own trilogy. Then they gave Superman Man of Steel. And before that, they tried launching Green Lantern, which ultimately failed. And I think that kind of scared him away yeah, from like, giving I the guess rest you're of right. like, their... I hadn't thought about that. Like, like Green Lantern failed, I think that kind of scared him away from giving you know like lesser characters like the Flash or Wonder Woman like their own movies, you know. And like, well, I we're just going to cram right. them all into one film. But I mean, man, they are really betting everything on Zack Snyder saving. Yeah, this entire I was thing. about to say, man, because at least Marvel, you know, like John Favreau directed Iron Man one and two. Uh, you had like a different director for for Captain America one and two. Uh, you know, different different directors for Thor. You know, but then you know they were like, hey, Josh Whedon, or sorry, Joss Whedon. Yeah. Uh, hey, why don't, why don't you come along and just direct, you know, the Avengers? But instead, they're like, hey, Zack Snyder, guess what? You did good with Man of Steel, so we're assuming that you're just going to do good I with know. all the rest of this and, stuff. And I think, I think what makes what makes Iron Man, what makes Thor, what makes Captain America, I think what makes those, ser- those series of movies good and stand on their own is the fact that each one had their own director and that director could focus solely on that. And they had their own vision and their own story right. to tell. Now, it will... Using... Uh, using uh, I can't believe I'm blanking. Uh, Zack uh, Snyder. Snyder. Snyder uh, what, us- using him for all the films does does open up a really cool opportunity to be really clever and and cause a lot of intertwining Well, you're sure going to have one movies. man's clear vision of like what he solely wants, you know? Yeah, that is true. It's so so all all these movies will be nice and intertwined. I mean, like That's, Josh, I'm trying to keep calling him Josh. Joss Whedon's had to, like, you know, like be like, hey, okay, this is what happened in Captain America 2. I kind of got to, you know, tie in the... Tying the scraps from that story here, this would happen in Iron Man three, and I got to kind of pull in what that director did here and try to make it into a film. Which means that if he makes his works with like Avengers two, he will have taken three other directors' visions and be able to like kind of yeah. tie them into another Avengers film, which will be genius on my part. Well, genius on his part. Sorry, not my part. Yeah, Sam, I don't think you have a whole hell of a lot to do. Yeah, you're contributing by going and buying your movie ticket, but yes. you're not in the writers' room. Yeah, is so. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm nervous. I was I was more stoked when it was just going to be Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck facing off in a film. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. You know. And then Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> My name is Robin. I'm Matt Damon. Okay, uh, I'm sorry about, dude. Uh, we talk about this a lot on the show, and I just gotta keep saying it, man. HBO is fucking killing it. New episode of Silicon Valley. Do you see it? Hilarious show. Jeff, why don't you get our listeners caught up on what Silicon Valley is about for those? Uh, it's probably like the best new comedy ever. Well, no way. I think we've talked about it once or twice. It's by it's know, the by guy that Mike, Mike, Mike Mike Judge. Judge. Well, I almost said Judge Apatow. Wow. Mike Mike Judge, who did you know previous works Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, Office Space, and Idiocracy, which is a, a, a don't make that face. Idiocracy is amazing. Anyways, is it's a story about a group of people in a start uh, in Silicon Valley with a startup company 
that Pied Piper. Pied Piper that compresses video and audio files and what's into r- smaller formats for you to download. But faster. but but yet you don't lose any quality. You, you don't you don't have any loss. Of, Graphics don't become pixelated. Right, exactly. And it's it's a really fun story. And this week's episode was really great. Of as usual, funny as hell. But then also at the very end of the episode, you know, a really moving scene. Uh, and, you know, followed up by hilarity. Definitely want to check that one out. Also, I checked out the new uh, John Oliver show uh, last week tonight, which is basically HB- – it, it's it's the daily show. Is I'm sorry. Is I like John Oliver. I did like last uh, – I did like the show last week tonight. But it's it's a dirty daily show. You know, it's on HBO, so they can say shit and fuck, you know. And – but – it's it's essentially a, 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 a you know it, you you t- you take the first segment of the Daily Show and stretch that for about twenty four minutes, and then you take the second segment of the Daily Show where they typically do the funny interview, and that's the last six minutes of the show, and that's last week tonight. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. But, Sam, that's not what really what we want to talk about that's on HBO, is it? No, we want to talk about Game of Thrones! Okay, folks. We you know, always swear that we're not going to talk about know what? this show. Fuck it, Sam. <laughs> Fuck it, dude. We're, we're Game of Thrones whores. We, we are... Even though I can't remember half the characters' names. Oh, That's what I'm here shit, for. shit, Sam. I just realized something. Sam and I actually did prep. Yeah. Like, real prep. For, I kn- for, for a Game of Thrones segment, got like everybody's <laughs> name down. And then, we, and then I just realized we completely forgot to talk about one of the side storylines with... Um, Oh shit! Let me get to the wiki- the Game of Thrones wiki. No, my. Well, iPad. this episode starts out with we find out who Joffrey's killer is finally. Yes, grandmother Tyrell. Oh my god! I I did not see that coming. No, I didn't either. Gra- Grandma Tyrell. I'm only saying Grandma Tyrell because I don't really know her other. I don't name. know her first name either. But I mean, she basically yeah, saw she- that Joffrey was the little shit he and and, and didn't and didn't want didn't his, his his granddaughter to be Mar- raped or. Yeah. or, or well, yeah, killed with like a crossbow. Well, because because you know, in in the Game of Thrones universe, they're very patriarchy. You know, man, what, the husband is the head of household. What the husband says is law. You know, uh, and so the grandma. <laughs> I just love that we're calling her that. Grandma Tyrell. <laughs> grandma Tyrell didn't want that for her granddaughter Marjorie. By the way, did you think it was a little weird? That when she snuck into like the new king's bed. No, 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 no. Before uh, that, where Grandma Tyrell was talking to Marjorie about how she basically fucked this dude's brains out so she could get in power. Oh yeah, her, her sister was supposed to like ascend to the throne, and like the day before, like everything's like supposed to like like a week before. Like, yeah, she's this just, guy hasn't hasn't popped his chair yet, and so she pulls him into her chambers and mm. like screws his brain. She she goes to his chambers. Oh yeah, and like screws she, she his was like brains I, out all night long. Okay, but here's the thing, man. Um, she said, "Would you grandma. have that conversation with your grandparents?" No, I wouldn't have that conversation with my exactly. grandparents. Exactly. What It'd the be weird? What the fuck? 
Did, Essentially, she just told what? her grandmother, her granddaughter, you got to screw your way to the top. What, what what went on in Martin's life? And I'm talking about the author. Uh, George R. R. Martin. Right. What, on, what, what went on in his life that caused him to come up with a story where he's like, you know what this needs? We need a part where grandmother and granddaughter are talking about the importance of fucking their way to the top. What happened in his life? down knowledge from generation to generation. Because I would never, ever in a million years, not until I saw this episode, ever think of like having an in-depth, or not in-depth, but such a graphic sex talk with my grandparents. Have your parents never talked about their sex life in front of you, Jeff? Oh, my God, no. Like, you know, like, you you mean like I just walk in the room and like they're just casually talking about it? Mm -hmm. No, I've been so lucky. Oh, thank God for you. It saved you years of therapy. Oh shit, Sam. Do we? <laughs> no. Do we're we? Not. Do we? Do we need to we're talk not, about something? No, we're not. We're, we're not. We're not going to go. Down I mean, this dude. Road. I'm. We cannot talk about Game of Thrones. We can talk about what's going on in your world, man. I'm good. You sure? Positive. I'm just saying, like in some households. Positive, positive. Man. I'm just saying, like in some households, like 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 your parents will like talk about like stuff like that when you'll walk into a room, and be like, oh man, did I really just hear that? I don't know. So, anyways, so. Uh, Grandma uh, Tyrell is behind killing King Joffrey with the help of the pimp Littlefinger. Littlefinger, who has a creepy crush on uh, Sansa. Yeah, man. I almost called her Cersei. You got me ruined on this thing. Almost calling. I know. I know. I mean, like he's like creepily like rubbing up on her on that ship and everything, claiming that he's taking her home, like to her aunt to be free. Well, right. Is is he? Is Littlefinger claims that he's going to marry? Uh, Sansa's aunt, who I don't know off the top of my head. She was the, cr- I think she was a crazy lady who nearly threw Tywin off the cliff. Oh, the- who was like breastfeeding her, like you know, seven year old. Yes. Okay. That's, that's Sansa's aunt. That's that's her. That's, yeah. Uh, whatever. That's because uh, that's uh, Stark mother's si- sister. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know. He's going back to the crazy lady claiming. He's I didn't realize marry that's her. who he was going to marry. Yeah. Fuck. That's gonna be a fucked up ceremony. It's gonna be a bag of crazy okay. shit. Now, now let's talk about this, about Marjorie Tyrell, the recent widow of Joffrey. Going into Joffrey's little brother, don't know the guy's name, but whatever, we'll call him Joffrey's little brother. His bedchamber after hours. On the advice of her grandmother to start playing head games with the kid. Yeah, I will admit... The grandmother didn't say go screw this kid. She just said get in his good well, graces she, and get she, in his confidence. Well, basically, she, basically what she was saying is like, look, he's still young, um, and Cersei paid more attention to Joffrey, so Cersei is not in Joffrey's little brother's head as much as she was in Joffrey's head. So you need to go in there and you need to get in his head before Cersei gets in his head. So that way, when there's conflict, he will side with you. Because whenever there was conflict between Joffrey and Marjorie, you know, Joffrey would always go back to Cersei and, you know, rely on motherly advice. So Grandma Tyrell is telling Marjorie, get in there before Cersei does, because I, th- I think he, he was ignored. I am I am I'm a little bit curious because after they get done with like their first like little secret meeting, the camera kind of pans to the underside of like the new king's bed and uh, like it, it doesn't show anything, but it makes you wonder if somebody's not hiding out underneath there, you know, like like listening. Uh, I don't know, man, because that's kind of a shot in the dark. Because well, like I said, it, it, it just because kind of slowly pans down. You know what I'm talking about? Well, like, but if if someone really then if then if that's what you're drawing from that. 
And then you should be really asking, well, what was that person doing there in the first place? Because Spies. Well, but so really you're going to go hide out underneath the bed of Joffrey's little brother every single night on the off chance that something might happen while he was sleeping? Did you not see how crazy Cersei was about protecting her son? She ordered Jamie to double the guard in the beginning of the episode. That's true. That's true. Let's talk about Jamie. Uh, Jamie was kind of an interesting character because he goes and talks to his brother, Tywin, and you know believes that he is innocent. And then his sister, Cersei, sets him on a mission, which kind of, she says, hey, do me a favor. I'm in my crazy fucking widow grief. Uh, well, not widow grief, but my crazy fucking mother grief. I think that, you know, Sansa killed my son in collusion with Tywin. Tell you what, go track her down and kill her and bring her head back to me. Right, because, um, oh, fuck. I lost it, Sam. I'm having a spacey day. What'd you just say? I No, honestly, what was happening is I was trying to look up this character's name. And I wasn't paying attention to well, what you were saying. Well, um, then he's like, I don't think she did. And he's like, I don't care that she did it. Find a way to track her down. So he enlists the aid of, why am I blinking on this woman's name? Brienne. Brienne, yes. And interesting fact here, because he gives her his Valerian steel sword, mm. and he says, all good swords have a name. And she's like, well, I'll call this sword Oathkeeper. Well, now this is hearkening back to a storyline earlier when the... Uh, Mother of the Stark daughters said, "Hey, uh, Brienne, deliver Jamie back to, uh, to 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 the Lannisters, and then free my and then you know free my daughters in exchange." Mm-hmm. So it makes you wonder: Is Jamie sending Brienne to find Cersei so that he can follow in her footsteps and kill her? I mean, Sansa in her mm-hmm. footsteps and kill her, or is Jamie really kind of playing his his own game here? And is he going to hold true to the oath? And is he sending Brienne to protect uh, Sansa from Cersei's evil forces? Yeah, and in fact, Brienne even kind of makes that you know comment where you know she was like, "I'm going to do this for Mother of the Starks." Yeah, Mother Stark. And and then he and then she kind of paused and said, "And for you, to Jamie." So right, who? I I, th- I think they did that. I think there's going to be a. I honestly think that she's going to protect her because, like I said, yeah. Oh, her, I do too. Her sword is Oathkeeper now. I mean, like that's yeah. got to stand for something, right? Because even if then, if Jamie's trying to backstab, yeah. she's going to keep her oath. Now, when we were doing prep, we totally forgot to mention, and this was towards the beginning of the episode, the whole. Um, Daenerys being brutal? Is that what you're going to yes, go with? Yes, that's what I was going with. Yeah, man, I know. Daenerys, like, I, I just, I just know like her mother Her advisor was like, hey, show mercy to well, these people. So in, and she's like, fuck mercy, nail them up. Well, no, she, 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 said, I, it's, she said, you know, I believe, you know, justice for injustice. Yeah, kind of like the eye for an eye thing. Right, so what we saw at the end of episode three was her taking over this, I forget the name of the village or the Basically, city. Basically, she got the slaves to uprise in the city and but rebel she, against but, their masters. But, masters. But, there was, but this one took a little bit more oomph because the slaves were extremely scared. Yeah, she had to send her own men in, in disguise as slaves to say, hey, you can do this. There's three right. times as many of you as there is. And I think I, th- I think that's really what's it, man, is because the, the slaves were like, oh, but, you know, you guys were warriors and all this other shit, and we're none of those things. And he was like, yeah, but there's three to one, so you're you're winning it by numbers. And then, sure, I was really upset that they did not show the, like, more of the rebellion. Like, you just see, you just 
see like that's like one like small section of a rich guy right and i I don't know i kind of feel like that game of thrones has this habit of doing you know one or two episodes that is building up to this great payoff that's going to be this great fight and then right as soon as the fight's about to start they just jump cut to the end of the fight and like here's the aftermath i want to see the fucking fight i wanted to see those slaves rebel i wanted to see them you know just fucking taking taking it back to the streets, man. <laughs> I don't know. Take it that. back, do 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 do. Is is I ju- I just wanted to see that, and they just did a jump cut and was like, oh, and it's over, and they're I free. I will admit this episode seemed more like a springboard episode for the next one. It was a little lackluster and slow in places. But uh, to wrap up the episode, we had North man and uh, North way north, way north of the wall, and we see those. Ex, you know, brothers of the wall, like getting drunk and screwing all those women. Oh yeah, the dude. Okay, he was the dude had many daughters, but never like like, like sacrificed all his sons oh, to the White Walkers. No, I was talking about the dude that uh, was head of the rebellion, the rebellious uh, Nights Watch. He he was the guy drinking the wine out of uh, what's his face, a skull. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. God, man, that, that was so messed up. It was, and unfortunately... Sir Barrister's Skull or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and unfortunately, Bran and his group of people... Wandered it, too close. Including the lovable Ordor. Hodor. Hodor. God, what the fuck? Poor Hodor got stabbed in the leg. I know, I felt so I know, bad. he was just like, Hodor, Hodor, please stop doing this, Hodor. I know. Uh, but so Bran and his group of people get caught by this rebellious group of the Night's Watch. Oh, but but before that... Jon Snow, back at the wall with the Night's Watch, figures out that his brother co- might be over there, my, like, my, like my, calculating his his trek right from Winterfell uh, through the wall. He's like, "Hey, he might have landed at this right." Guy's spot. So, so Jon Snow is building a little group of the Night's Watch. He's claiming that it's to go get back at these at this rebellious well, no, group. What he's claiming is that if the uh, if the wildlings find this group of the ex, you know, ex night night's watchmen, because when when Jon Snow left the wildlings, he's like, "Hey, the night's watch has a thousand men. The wall is well fortified. We could, you know, last months against a barrage." And truth be told, night's watch is like two hundred men, and the yeah. wall is falling apart in places. Yeah, but he made global warming, man. Yeah, but so if like the wildlings find these people, you just like totally glazed over that, didn't yeah, you? Fuck, fuck your global warming. <laughs> uh, no, so if like the wildlings find these people and like torture them, they're they're gonna figure out real fast that <laughs> Jon Snow was full of shit, and they're gonna t- wipe out the Night's Watch. So yeah, a he's going for his brother, but b he's going to silence these men to make sure that. Well, you know, they don't tell the wildlings, oh, by the way, Jon Snow's full of shit. Yeah. The wall's falling apart and the Night's Watch is full of crap. But even within his group of people is this knight who serves... This new character. And I was so pissed off that they introduced a new character. They already well, have too many. Well, he's not quite a new character. I mean, he's been around... To me, he's a new character because I'm just recognizing him. But he him. serves the king who, you know, tortured the Ironborn son. Uh, yeah, he serves uh, the father of uh, Reek. Yes, who, who tortured the Ironborn son. And so basically he's infiltrated, and the father of Reek sent him out to say, and he, he said, hey, track down, you know, all of, you know, Ned Stark's remaining heirs and kill them so we can sweep through the north and take it over real quickly. So basically, I kind of liked him in this episode, and I liked him and Jon Snow bonding, but I'm afraid he's totally going to screw him over. Yeah, 
Yeah, man. Like, I like don't... That's, that's like the best part about this like Game of Thrones show. It's like, wow, I'm actually kind of liking you in this whole Night's Watch role. I know. And I'm hoping... I'm hoping that, you're not a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping you'll like turn tables like the moment you see Bran and try to kill him. Yeah. But I got a feeling that's going to make for a better story, so you're you're going to do it. Or would it make for a better story that he has an internal conflict that after getting to know Jon Snow, that even though that was his um, initial mission, that after getting to know Jon Snow, he can't fulfill oh, it. Oh, that, that'd be so awesome. And and then, you know, maybe someone who, who was in the rebellious uh, Brothers Watch knows who he is. And you know they're, they 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 could go a couple ways with it. They could. Uh, Last image is really haunting in yeah, this show. Yeah, is so you finally see like. Oh. Well, so with with the when you see the rebellious group from Night's the Watch. from the Night's Watch, is they're taking over this. It, is is he it a village? His, no, it's was, like a no, farm. He was he was this farmer in in the north that like had nothing but daughters, screwed all his daughters, had right. more daughters, and so and the, sacrificed all of his sons to the White Walkers because he never wanted a son to challenge right. him. So, anyways, He's so kind of an dirty inbred farmer. Oh yeah, no, like yeah, yeah. This guy is like the origins of redneck inbreds right here. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so they're at this guy, this farmer's yeah. The, the ex knights watch are holed up in this guy's farm, right? And and they, they find his son. They they find his last son, and all the daughters start changing. You know, like they basically tell the knights watch, "Hey, our father used to give these as offerings to the White Walkers, and so and he, the White Walkers kind of left us alone." And so he it. was like, "All right, fuck it, give it to the White Walkers." So of course, someone goes takes takes the baby out to the place where the White Rock walkers pick up the abandoned baby. And then, of course, that's exactly what happens is the baby's crying, and I guess... But before, you've only ever seen like this like one kind of White Walker. Maybe on on the horseback, who I always yeah. thought was death. I always thought he was like the leader of the group, but man, was I wrong. He takes him back to like this White Walker palace, and there's mm. this guy with literally a spiked crown. I mean, it's like bones growing out of his head in a crown shape. And he touches the baby's face, and his eyes glow blue, and the baby becomes a White Walker. Oh, uh, yeah. Scary, freaky way to end the episode. Totally got my attention. I was kind of drifting there for, for a little while well, through parts and, of this episode. And, and here's the thing is those White Walkers, they got to be a big payoff, man. The White Walkers and the Dragons both have got to be fucking big payoffs because those, I feel like, have been some of the most hyped things about Game of Thrones. And, you know, I, I have to go back to the South Park episode where – Game of Thrones has this habit that South Park really pointed out of, well, it's coming. I'm going to show you something really cool, and it's coming. And I hopefully we're starting to see the beginning of what we've been promised for the past three seasons of this really cool White Walker zombies and these big-ass dragons. Honestly, the White Walker war could unite the North and South against their common I th- enemy. I haven't read the books. And I still got. And he theory. hasn't even fucking finished uh, writing the books. Maybe that's what happens. Well, I still got this theory that Tywin gets freed, goes north, and takes over Winterfell. This has always been my theory since he's been, you know, kind of under scrutiny or kidnapped. Is that he but, goes north and takes over Winterfell but and like if, reforges the now, north? Now we got to remember something though. You, wait, you said Tyron, uh, Peter Dinklage? Yes, the imp taking over Winter- Winterfell. Okay, but he really has no claim to it, even though he is... Sansa's husband. But as we learn from Joffrey's death, have they consummated their marriage? Because when they got married... It doesn't take consummation. You can fake consummation. No, that's bullshit. 
That's bullshit. Is somebody going to hide in your bedchambers and listen to you screw? Well, according to you, someone's hiding in Joffrey's little brother's chamber, so why not? I know, but those are the Lannisters. They don't trust anybody. The Starks are more willing to accept people. But the, but the, the Starks are, are you know, spread out. No, but here's my point. is is you know Just as Marjorie was not Joffrey's husband because they never consummated their marriage, that's the same way that... Um, Sansa and title and heredity do not mean you have to consummate your marriage. No, well then then why wasn't Marjorie technically Joffrey's husband? What? Marjorie was Joffrey's husband? Wife, whatever. Marjorie was his wife, but then she, but she didn't become queen when he died because their you don't marriage have to have was sex to become queen. I mean like you marry but the then king, why, you no. become queen. But she she married the king. It's still in debate. Like, like she but they never up- consummated their marriage. And my point is, is, is Sansa and Tyron never consummated their marriage because when they got married, he said, "I'm not going to force myself upon you. I'm. I, if you want to have sex when you're ready, then we'll do it." So, so he it still has doesn't matter. But Sam- so he has he has no right to go over and take over the north. Sansa, and also, Sansa could back him. Though. If Sansa backed him on this. But no, because the North is also going to look at him as a land, as purely as just a Lannister. Ergo, it makes for great drama for him to win back the North and its people through his actions of kindness and goodness br- and heroic br- bravery. Bran is the one that has the true uh, heir to Winterfell right now, right? Yeah, Bran or Rickon. R- well, but Bran's the older brother. Yeah, Rickon's the one who's down there running it right now, like eight-year-old kids running a burned-out kingdom. Yeah, yeah. That is true. I forgot he was doing that. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else for this week's? No, I think I think you and I clearly have our own points of where we're coming from on this show, and we've debated them thoroughly. All right. Oh, I thought I thought I went back into that. Out. I was off by a couple of beats. All right, what is coming out this week on DVD, comics, and in theaters? I'm so glad you asked because we are going to let you know right now. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> not a whole lot coming out uh, today on DVD. Uh, I mean, I just I couldn't really find anything. Nothing caught your eye. All right. Well, I found two movies. So something caught your eye. Something caught my eye because I didn't want to depress our audience about the uh, homeless t- pregnant teenager. And I really I'm don't... already depressed. Yeah. Move on. And I also don't think uh, our target audience is a woman. And this is from the description of the movie, quote, of a certain age, but still feels young. I don't well, uh, but say before you say our target audience isn't women. I know about three women who listen, three or four women who listen to our show. Well, no, quite, no. quite religiously and but, back us. Well, no, no. I'm not saying women aren't our target audience. I'm saying women of a certain age aren't our target. I'm just going based off this movie description about an old lady who still feels young and so still wants to get boned. All right. By the way, no. that's the movie Gloria. It's coming out this <laughs> Tuesday on DVD. What else did you find, Jeff? <laughs> All right. Uh, the other one that I found is Labor Day. Labor Day is the movie starring Josh Brolin, Kate Winslet. It is directed by Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman. He, of course, also directed Thank You for Smoking and Young uh, uh, 
is it yeah young adult up in the air up in the air actually he worked with his father on that one he directed it and his father produced it and i saw this movie it looked interesting josh brolin plays this con who i think broke out of prison well, and is hiding out in kate winslet's home right and i think i think the studio really marketed this movie wrong because when you read the description of the movie, is the description of the movie really is talking, uh, it says that the uh, focus of the film is around this 13-year-old who is, um, uh, wait, let me just, let me just read this. Um, Labor Day centers on a 13-year-old, uh, Henry Wheeler, who struggles to be the man of his house and care for his reclusive mother, Adele, uh, while confronting all the pangs of adolescence. That is not what this is about. Josh Brolin breaks out of prison because I think he's facing a life sentence See, for a crime he didn't commit. Right, and that's why I don't think this movie did so well is because... And at first he takes them kind of hostage, but then they start, I guess you could claim, they either get Stockholm Syndrome or they really do start trusting him because he starts telling his story to him and they start believing his innocence. So they start thinking about going on the run with him to a new town. Right. And the law is getting closer and closer to him, you know, because, of course, he's got a poke his head out in the backyard and grill with, grill with the boy or take the boy fishing, you know. and Right. Well, but this all happens over Labor Day weekend. weekend. Yeah. And that's know, exactly why it's called Span of like Labor. three days. Yeah. <laughs> so inter- interesting concept. I like the cast. I'm a huge Josh Brolin fan. I'm a, I'm a, I like Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman, Kate, Kate Winslet. I like Kate Winslet a lot. Yeah, yeah. She's... Uh, okay, for a second I thought that said Kathy Griffin. I was like, oh, she's in that too. So you know, this might holy just, shit, James Vanderbeek is in this movie. The Dawson, Dawson is in this movie. Oh. Awesome. Okay, uh, <laughs> Sam, I just love, I just loved your reaction about this next movie that we're going to talk about. Is so, so, uh, folks, let, let me pull back the curtain for a second. Is typically when Sam and I are looking up what we're going to talk about for the new release segment. Is Sam sits in my chair in my living room, and I come over to the table. Uh, I guess you could basically call it where our, our little studio. And so when I'm looking up movies, I just shout out the titles of movies and just to see if like, Sam, you know this one? Sam, you know this one? Yes, no, yes. And so I shout it out, hey, Sam, you ever heard of The Legends of Hercules? And this is all I hear back. Oh, is that that shitty Hercules movie with the dude from Twilight series, <laughs> Something Lutz? And like I just started laughing because as soon as you said something Lutz, like I just Kellen was, Lutz is his name. Yeah, I was looking down at the cast and I was like, okay, so maybe I don't need to read the description of this movie. And I mean, it's called the Legends of the Le- the Legend of Hercules. So it's sort of like Hercules like discovers who his parents are and his right. background. And I mean, no offense, I think Kellen Lutz can be like a pretty badass actor. He, he was he was good <laughs> in some other stuff besides the Twilight films. Uh, this film didn't even get rated. But, at least according to moviephone.com. When, when did this movie come out? Oh, earlier this year. It like came out in January. January, and now it's, what, April? Yeah, four months. But then again, so did Labor Day. So, I mean, if it's in turnaround that fast, I mean, like... It can be. I don't think it's... The special effects... For, for, you know, from, coming, from being released in theaters to coming out on DVD, you know, in less than five months, can't be that great. And... Uh, and yeah, and this dude from Twilight, I'd never really heard of him. Uh, Kellen I, Lutz, uh, he was in The Immortals. He's coming up in The Expendables 3. Uh, everyone apparently is in Expendables 3. No, I mean, like I said, like, like this dude's got the chops to be like a pretty bona fide action star. I'm just saying. But so what, so 
did you see this movie or do you just know it's shit because you I watched- just like saw the trailer for it so much. Uh, it's the origin story of the mythical Greek hero pre- betrayed by his stepfather, the king, and exiled and sold into slavery because of a forbidden love. I mean, I mean, come on right there. Hercules must use his formidable powers to fight his way back to his rightful kingdom and to his woman. Right. Uh, For all but, know, but, it could be good. It, it, well, no, but, it got but, a 4.2, though, on IMBD. I mean, yeah. what did what did your Rotten Tomatoes? Because, I mean, Jeff always oh, no, goes no, to no, Rotten no, Tomatoes. No. Well, no, I, I always go to IMBD. What, is, what did your Rotten Tomatoes give it? I, I don't do Rotten Tomatoes for new DVD releases. I do oh. I do Movie Phone uh, for new DVDs. Rotten Tomato I do for new in theater releases. I mean, it, but Movie Phone doesn't do like a system, I'll say this a Metascore rating. The the effects laden and that seems to be my word of the show. The effects laden battle scenes looked really awesome, but the acting and love story looked really subpar. Well, but you also see this. You know, is obvious. I th- I think like you see this whenever there's a big release, and this is what I mean by this. Is we're going to use Hercules as the example. Is you have that uh, the Rock? He's coming out. But see, I, I think I think a guy well, like the Rock was born to play the role of Hercules. Right, right. But 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 this this is my point. Is you have you have you have uh, the. Do you know the name of the Rock? Is it just Hercules? Yeah. Okay. So so you have this major studio release with big action star name actors. And you know they're building up to be a you know trying to be a summer blockbuster. Or are, you, a spring. Are, you, are you talking about like similar films coming out from two exactly, different studios? Exactly, exactly. Deep is, Impact, Armageddon, right? Is is Olympus is, Fallen, White House Down, right? And and sometimes you know you, they're not as big like you know Deep Impact that had some really big you know I think Armageddon was the bigger movie, but Deep Impact still had like didn't it have Morgan Freeman in it? Morgan Freeman, Elijah Wood, right? Lee so Sobieski. so so you know. So sometimes they come out and they both have big name actors uh, in them, but sometimes you have these smaller releases that are the same storyline. Like, oh god, I want to. I can't. I can't remember, but I remember there was a movie coming out uh, that. Uh, fuck, I, I've just know I've seen big name releases. And then, like, I go on Netflix and I see a movie with a very similar name. I'm like, oh shit. You know, this movie's already on Netflix. Awesome. Then I I hit the info on it, and sure enough, okay, no, it's just like a piece of shit, you know, lower budget yeah, version of the B big Halloween. You know, yeah, exactly. Let me the tell B you, version. Netflix now has Hansel and Gretel, like the um, the Jeremy the Jeremy Renner version on there. Yeah, but there's three other B rated, like there's Hansel and Gretel get baked. Hansel and Gretel. I've actually watched Hansel and Gretel get baked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there's like three or like subpar Hansel and Gretel films that you can watch next to right. the high quality, awesome, very underrated Hansel and Gretel film that came right. out. Right, uh, the dudes uh, on the Next Wave Radio Network, the network we're part of, in case you didn't know, uh, Editing Bay. They actually, you know, Editing Bay. Their whole uh, podcast is about watching shitty movies and re- and tearing them a new one. And they thought that's what's gonna that was gonna what was gonna happen with the Hansel and Gretel movie, and they both actually turned out to really like it. Yeah, both, man, both I mean, like, Joel it's and such Joe. an underrated film. It's really kind of badass. Yeah. All right, Sam. That's what I got in the world of new releases on DVDs coming out today. Go to somewhere wherever DVDs are if you want to check any of those out. Sam Wednesday, Comic Book Day. I Before also... we get into Comic Book Day on Wednesday. I also got to plug this weekend. Saturday, That's what I'm talking about. May 3rd is free comic book day. This happens 
most times first weekend in May or second weekend in May, go to your local comic book store. Go to like a bookstore that sells comics. Usually, uh, free uh, free comic book day is where comic book companies will, will give you kind of like limited edition preview issues of like upcoming story arcs or like you know like previews into like their big summer storylines. Comic book stores usually have sales. Their employees dress up. They invite artists and, are, are, and authors to come, like can, autograph stuff. Can, can you do me a favor? What? I have to work Sunday. Can you can you get me? Can you go to a comic book shop and get me some Deadpool shit? I'm working Saturday, like on a, on a, but on a project. You but said on Saturday, comic book day is on Sunday, isn't it? No, it's Saturday. Saturday is free comic book day. Fuck! I thought you said Sunday. No, it's Saturday, May third is free comic <gasps> book day. So Anyone listening, please just give me some Deadpool shit. I'll love you forever. Listen, I'm telling our listeners, go buy, you know, your local comic book store. Stop by. Support them. This is like a big kick for the comic book industry, you know, just to say, hey, show us your love because we've been giving you years of entertainment. I'll tell you one thing. If I was not working, I would be heading down. Oh, I usually go. I I, I would be heading down to the Duncanville bookstore. Yes. Duncanville bookstore. Those guys are amazing. And they got a great selection of comics down there. Uh, and you know, and great friends of the network. And uh, once again, thank you guys for helping support our uh, live event with the editing bay. But moving on, moving on to actual new release. So, so Saturday, May third, free, uh, free uh, national free free comic book day. Go go support your local comic book store. Yeah, like I said, they'll be they'll be they usually have artists or authors from from comic books there, like signing autographs and selling artwork. So I mean, it's it's a big party. Yep. All right. What is actually though? So, uh, you, so yeah. So Wednesday's new comic book day. Maybe this time wait till Saturday instead of Wednesday to go pick up your new comics. And Sam, if they're gonna go pick up new comics, where are they gonna be able to pick up? On the Marvel side, uh, first one that caught my eye: Silver Surfer number two. Basically, um, who is the Never Queen? How is her entire future of the Marvel? New- how is the entire future of the Marvel Universe tied to her very existence? And why is she trying to destroy the Silver Surfer? Questions like these caught my eye because if her existence is tied to the Marvel Universe, this may be springboarding into like you know, like their summer franchise like I talked mm-hmm. about Original Sin last week with Utu the Watcher. Uh, she play, uh, you know, the Never Queen plays this very, you know, celestial godlike being. And I want to know, I mean, like I said, this tagline caught me. What did the Silver Surfer do to piss her off? Is she like is she an angry ex girlfriend, angry ex wife? Doesn't like his new girl on the board. What's happening here? How can Silver Surfer fix this problem? Find out. I don't know, man. We're gonna have to pick up the comic. And then Amazing Spider Man One is launching. Peter Parker is back from the dead. The last time I checked in with Spider Man, Doctor Octavius had possessed his body, and I'm probably sure I'll be ripped what? by some comic book fans if, if I have my continuity wrong here. But yes, the. Peter Parker was dead, and Otto Octavius, the eight-armed villain of Spider-Man, had possessed his body. And now they're saying that, you know, Peter Parker has returned from the dead, and he's like an all-new, re-energized Spider-Man, ready to go. No coincidence that they're launching Amazing Spider-Man 1 in conclusion with Spider-Man 2 coming out this week. Shut up, Sam. You're stealing my other... And not only that... But they're, but they're touting that his new villain is a reinvented, recharged Electro, who's one of the big villains of wow. the new Spider-Man movie. So can we say tie-in here? Yes, we can. But hey, you know what? We all love having Peter Parker back with his little quips and sarcastic comments and spinning webs across New York City. So I'm happy to have him back, and I'm going to check out Amazing Spider-Man 1. 
I thought I said, uh, oh, no, that was silver. Silver for that was two. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, is On the flip side. Oh, there we go. DC Comics, uh, the two that caught my eye, Adventures of Superman number 12. Superman has always stood for truth, justice, and the American mm. way. But when a new vigilante known as the Demolisher, Demolisher starts cleaning up the streets of Metropolis in a way Superman never could, the man of still wonders if his new brand of heroics is what the city truly needs. So maybe this is Superman being like, hey, maybe I stop holding back. Maybe I stop knocking out the villain and start caving in his head. You know, I mean, could he be going a little edgier, a little darker here? Not afraid to melt a hole in the guy's so. stomach? Oh, this I could, don't know about that. I don't <laughs> know about that. Dark. A Superman panel where he's like blows a hole in a guy's I, I, stomach. I, I, don't think, I don't think Superman could do that. I did, I, mean, I don't know. I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm like, sorry. When, like when when I you said like dark. dark place where like he like freezes a man's spinal cord, rips it out, yeah. and hands it to him, all on Mortal Kombat style. Yeah, I know. Like when you said dark, I thought you meant, you know, like okay, like darker subject matter and all that. Not like Superman being, I get more of an anti-hero type. Well, I mean, superhero. apparently this demolisher is cleaning up the city in the way Superman never could. So that alludes to me that this guy's like killing people, you know, like dispatching. Violent vigilante justice. Mm-hmm. Try saying that three times for us. Nope, not even going <laughs> to attempt it. Uh, but so this could be an interesting twist for Superman. I'm hooked. I actually want to see what's going to happen here. Uh, uh, d- anything else? Uh, finally, Green Lantern New Guardians Annual Number Two. That's Wait. a heck of a title. Yeah, say that one more time. Green, Green Lantern, New Guardians, Annual Number 2. Kyle Rayner, who is my favorite Green Lantern, he followed up Hal Jordan, is the only being in the universe to survive passing through the source wall, the bizarre barrier at the end of space. Kyle should have known that there would be consequences, terrible ones, and now his mind create, uh, contains a question that could end all creation, and that question is trying to get out. Man, what he's, he's a question? Is well, gonna... secrets and like a question, like like basically he passed through like the edge of the universe and his mind was opened up and he got all these secrets of the universe in there and now all these secrets I shouldn't have said questions but secrets are trying to like burst out of his head and he's got to contain them or else you know I mean you know some secrets should stay buried and basically he looked yeah. he looked too far into the verse. <laughs> You know, he's too far gone. Yes, and so what he knows, if he, if it gets uttered or spoken about, could destroy the entire universe. Interesting. And that's it for your comic book news this week. All right, coming out in theaters this Friday, May second. This one's a, a a limited release. It is a film called White Whitewash, starring Thomas Hayden Church. Of course, popular or was the villain in Spider Man Three? If you want to keep doing the Spidey references, Spider Man Three villain, better known for wings. wings and Sideways. I think Sideways. Oh yes, Sideways. But so, anyways, this one actually sounds kind of like an interesting, cool movie. Is in the harsh winter, uh, wintry woods of rural uh, Quebec, Bruce, played by Thomas Hayden Church, is a down down on his luck snow uh, snow plow operator. And he accidentally kills a man during a drunken night joyride. Stricken with panic, he uh, hides the body and takes it deep into the wilderness in hopes of outrunning both the authorities and his own conscience. It so kind of has a telltale heart. 
right. underlining theme to it here. Bam, that's exactly what I thought of when I heard it. All righty, this next one eh, might be more of a chick flick, but I'm a really big fan of Elizabeth Banks. I think she's great. Uh, she is in a new film called Walk of Shame. Walk of Shame. Yeah, for people who don't know, what 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 is the Walk of Shame? Why don't you explain that to oh, us? Oh, God, I really wish I could at this moment remember the the cheering and the rhyme they did. In who short, could resist short... the cock? Okay, the yeah, cock. do you remember it? Do it, do it. <laughs> That's the only part I remember. Yeah, so basically... <laughs> Block of shape is actually like a really horrible thing because it is. it's terrible to because do women like there is no reason why you know because two people had sex there is no reason why you should feel any shame uh, unless like because you're cheating on someone. Jeff, have you have you have you taken a walk of shame before? Oh yeah, yeah, freshman year in college. Yeah. Okay, so basically, yeah. the walk of shame is <laughs> is basically after you have sex with some someone that you regret having sex with, and you have to kind of like walk out of their apartment, or in college, you have to walk down the dorm room hallway. Right. And everybody's poking their head out, what? pointing and laughing at you that you just did that with that person. Right. And well, luckily, my walk of shame, like it was in like you know, like maybe like two or three in the morning, so everyone was asleep. Uh, but basically, yeah, it's that long walk of like you basically you just had sex with someone and you're leaving them and you're immediately like, fuck, 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 fuck. Why this, did I do that? This applies more to colleges with like, like I said, like guys and girls poking their head. Well, out except their for this movie is even though the movie is called Walk of Shame is they kind of blow it up and make it bigger is it, the Walk of Shame. Like I said, stars Elizabeth Banks and she has a one night stand with uh who's this act uh with Gordon played by James uh Marsden Marsden he, he was Cyclops in the X-Men films. Yes. Uh Marsden although it's funny cuz Rotten Tomatoes cites him from uh Anchorman too. But anyways, she, Elizabeth Banks has a one night stand with James Mar uh Marsden Marsden. He leaves her in the middle of downtown Los Angeles the next morning. <laughs> Without her cell phone, without her car, without her ID, or without any money. And Elizabeth Banks only has eight hours before the most important job interview of her career, of course. Of course. This sounds like a rom-com, like the setup for like a rom-com almost. Yes, yes. Well, that's exactly it. Well, I don't know. She might turn out to like hate him in the end, but I could see it going both ways. To tell you the truth, but she can be like a like a sweet cab driver, who like you know helps her out along yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah, like runs like constantly keeps running into the same person that constantly helps her get to where she needs to be. Yeah. All right, Sam, you already kind of spoiled this one, uh, but th- I think this is going to be the big one at the box off this weekend. Maybe, maybe to finally not. Uh, Captain America, Warner Soldier, off the top of the box box office list. He was already knocked off. Was he? Yeah. By who? The other women? The other women. That that, that Nicki Minaj film. That that we that, kinda... that one we talked about last week. That was like, eh, it looks like an interesting concept, but probably executed shittily. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So hopefully this one will knock that one off. Jesus, I didn't. Spider Man. Spider Man. Does the amazing Spider Man Two comes out spins away this Friday. Sam, you seem way more excited about it. Why don't you tell our listeners what the plot of Spider-Man 2 is? Spider-Man 2 is kind of setting up the Sinister Six, which was a great comic book storyline. It involves Spider-Man kind of befriending Harry Osborn and finding out more about his parents' past and about how Oscorp was spying on them. Right, because in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, 
Harry and Peter Parker were already friends. Yes. So uh, this is kind of like this is the, how they met. This this is like the beginning of the. This friendship. is also you know sets up like at least three of these Sinister Six villains here. You have um, Electro, the Green Goblin, and Rhino all in this film, and it's also setting up. I mean, possibly. I mean, this is speculation amongst fans, but in like one of the most tear-jerking comic book storylines ever, Spider-Man. The Green Goblin takes Gwen Stacy, who's currently being played by the lovely, lovely Emma Stone, hostage, and uh, he throws her off a building. And Spider-Man tries to save her by whipping a web to her back and pulling her up, but he misses and hits her neck. And when he yanks up on her, he breaks her neck. And Gwen Stacy's yes, and so oh. he and so because of the Green Goblin, he ends up killing his girlfriend. Well, in the trailer. There's this shot of Spider-Man without his mask on screaming in anger about something. So, I mean, even though I'm hoping it doesn't come true, they could be, you know, doing the whole big storyline of Green Goblin kind of kind of killing Gwen Gwen Stacy here. And this could be like a really pivotal film. But like I said, this also kickstarts off the Sinister Six type thing because uh, in the trailers when um, you see Oscorp's like secret lair and like all their projects they're working on. You see the tentacles for Doc Ock. You see a vultures set up. And like I said, this is all leading up to what I would consider to be the Sinister Six movie, which will be Spider-Man 3, where he takes on six of his most deadliest foes all by himself. But for right now, they're introducing three. Right. Okay. Everything you just said. Awesome. And uh, big name cast, you know, is, of course, you have... Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Stone Jamie, Jamie Foxx, Fox, Paul Giamatti. I feel like I should know Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper? Yeah. He's a very famous actor. Maybe that's why I feel like I should know him. What has he been in? Oh, he was in the Muppets movie. Oh! He was in the Patriot. Fuck all that shit. It, wait, this is... Oh, no. I thought this was the dude from Tremors. No, it's not. No. No, <laughs> no I was like, I was like, no, he's most famously known he was, for Tremors. He was, he was in October Sky. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, like... Oh shit! Forgot to mention this. Our little uh, catch-up segment. Uh, s- speaking of Tremors, all four Tremors movies are are up on Crackle. Crackle is uh, a the it's basically it's all Sony shit. You know, Sony television, Sony movies, but it's free, and you don't actually have to sign in or you know log in. I'm actually a member of Crackle. And I'm not trying to make this sound like a crackle ad, but like I'm just telling you the truth is it's absolutely free. I signed up. I didn't have to give them a credit card or anything like that. I so, was kind of worried about Crackle's validity. I thought it may be like we're like sold my information off or something. It's kind of sticking around. Is and I got an email the other day that was like, "Hey, guess what? All four Tremor movies are on Crackle now." I'm such a big fan. I already have all four on DVD, so I can watch the special features. You have all four of them. Fuck, yeah, you don't? I've only seen one through three. I've never seen the fourth one. What time is it? It's nine. It's too late to be watching. Come on, dude, Sam. It's only like a 90-minute movie. I'll come over early next week. Oh, man, dude. It's a good one. They go back to the Wild West. Like the, It's basically the origin stories of all the Tremors last movies. Last one I saw, they, they, they dealt with the Ass Blasters. Yes, that was a good one. Do you know there was a Tremors TV series, too? Yeah. Didn't last long. No. Very upset by that. You know, I'm going to look up. Is there a Tremors comic book? You think there is, Sam? Yes or no? I've heard of possible them like remaking this film, which I don't think it needs to be touched. Yeah. 
And yes. Oh my god, yes. There is a Tremor uh, comic book series. Oh, no, wait. Oh, no, that's Tremor from Spawn. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Anyways, so uh, if you've never seen those movies... Check them out on Crackle. I enjoy the fuck out of them. I Watch love the them. Watch the first one. It, uh, first one is the best one. Kevin Bacon's in it. Can't go wrong with a Kevin Bacon. They're all good. They're all good. Sam, you have anything you want to uh, contribute to Oh Shit, I Forgot? No, just want to uh, replug a Blue Mountain State movie. Uh, if Kickstarter. You, Kickstarter. Go to the I'll, – I'll, I'll repost a link. It's a great show. Go, go check it out on Netflix. If you get hooked by the kind of immature kind of fart – American Pie, Animal House style style humor that I still find funny, even even in, in my late twenties. Like I said, go watch it on Netflix. Throw your support behind it. I've already donated fifty dollars out of my own pocketbook to back wow. this film. Yeah, it's it's a great project. It's almost reaching its goal, but it has sixteen days to go, and it's at like eight hundred and ninety thousand dollars, and they need. 1.5 million. So get out there, throw your support, oh, throw, I, your, throw your support behind it, back it. I do know that like uh, a lot of Kickstarter make the majority of their money within like the last like 72 to 48 hours. Uh, Sam, if people want to follow you on Twitter, how do they follow you on Twitter? It's Sam T Ballard at Twitter. Or, or, <laughs> it's, Twitter. No, it's just at Sam T Ballard at at Sam T Ballard. At, we're going to be launching the official My Comic Life right. Twitter here pretty soon, which will be better than right. following me or Jeff individually. Right. But if you do want to follow me individually, uh, you can find me at uh, NWR Jeff. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash My Comic Life Podcast, or just search for us in your Facebook search bar for My Comic Life. Sam, do your thing. Ditch the herd, be a nerd. Stay strong out there, my friends. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.